Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of The Wedding Session. This is part two of our interview with our friend Alex of IDJ Services. If you haven't listened to the first one, take a look, go back, listen to it. And now we present part two. Enjoy. I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Yeah. Craziest thing. Stop the high speed chase. That is absolutely. So was this in your early stages of DJing? I guess we didn't really jump in. Because this is my question. We're kind of jumping all over the place here, but that's totally how we roll. Because my question for you was like, how did you get into DJing? Like, I've only known you as a professional wedding DJ. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So like, did you just wake up one day? You're like, I'm going to. I'm going to spin for a living. Like, this is my thing. This um, is my calling. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I, I, I guess what I should say is that was super... I was like 21. I, this was really early. This Nickelback was big. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's when this happened. Oh, my God. And, and yeah, I was... I got... I think DJ kind of found me. Like, I was a, a, a gigging musician. Like, I played the bar scene. Bar scene was a thing. Like, people... You had bands at bars. It wasn't... And then you had the, the, the strip downtown, and that was a thing. And so I was doing the bar scene and then I was offered a gig somewhere like playing music and then did that and got paid equally the same amount for way less work and then slowly kind of went okay you know what I, that's probably a better I found idea. my calling yeah I found my calling yeah so that's kind of how it worked but I was yeah, like I was a teenager when that went down I was actually playing the bar thing like I was doing the bar thing as a kid and most places was fine too because they didn't know I was a kid because I'm Italian I can go facial hair <laughs> one place in the U.S. that caught me though and so they made me sit outside between sets, oh. which sucked. Oh, yeah. Because apparently, you, I, I don't know the if it's the same, but I could work there, but I couldn't be in there or something like that. So, well, yeah. I guess that's a little bit the same as like being a hostess. I remember working when you can open the wine when or I was at the, yeah when I was yeah. at the Olive Garden working as a hostess before I became a server. There were certain things that I could help with the alcohol, but I couldn't. There were certain things I couldn't do because I was still technically I was a minor at the time. So mm-hmm. it's like I could bring the booze from the bar to the table, but I couldn't pour the booze mm-hmm. that was a weird thing so if the servers were like totally stuck at a table I'd be like I'm just gonna drop this here mm-hmm. you can pour yourself if you want or you can wait until your person shows up so I can see how they would probably be like you can play mm-hmm. but yeah. you can't hang out inside yeah, yeah. yeah. Sucks. And, maybe like outside like riffraff and be like hey it's, it's been weird too because I don't ever think about like that seems literally like a different world like I feel old saying it but it's it was so different it to was. well we, we are old Hello. yeah we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> we remember the, the landline. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. And, and to see the bar thing happen, like, with mm-hmm. bands, and mm-hmm. then it kind of segued into some of them had DJs, and then there was a whole recession. Like, there was a huge change in the DJ mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. or I guess in the entertainment world, in, like, 2008 to 2010. Yeah. It was such a huge change, because what was going on downtown on the Strip as a DJ then 
was totally different than what's happening between 2012 to like present, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Mm-hmm. It's like two different whole world of, of how to DJ. Mm-hmm. And then even for myself, because I, I always kind of lived in the in the Fraser Valley area, but DJing downtown was like so different than DJing in the valley. Like if I did Mirage or I did like yeah. something like Roosters, let's say, it's so you different. You did Mirage? <laughs> A couple times, yeah. Couple times. We used to frequent Thursday nights there, yeah. me and my girlfriends. It's $3 highballs. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I used to go there. It was Sundays. good. I used to yeah. go there Sundays after yeah. shift. They all had, like all those places mm-hmm. had a drink. Like, like I just said, Roosters, they had like $2 Coronas mm-hmm. on Sundays. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Crews always go. <laughs> yeah, and those yeah, were the golden days. Yeah, yeah, it was. was. Gold, and, and it's it's so different. And, and DJing downtown versus those places was so different too. Because downtown, when I did my, I did like Crush Lounge on the Strip, and then. Uh, tonic and it's oh like my God. <gasps> I tried to tell somebody what tonic was the other day yeah. and no one had a clue yeah. but that was my first club I ever ever went to as a 19, yeah. 18 year old but yeah tonic that nobody remembers the name of the club anymore it, it's it, Joseph yeah. something now but it was Joe's apartment for a while. oh I think it yeah. still is yeah but yeah I remember yes. tonic they used to have the best DJs Those yeah were, yeah and, I mean so much, and the, the strip, so much fun there the cool thing with the strip is you do a set and it was one type of thing like if I did crush it was a hip-hop set if I did mm-hmm. if it was bar none it was a hip-hop set mm-hmm. tonic was house you know and then you come out here yeah. to the valley and it's like anything goes it's like you can play anything <laughs> within that set yeah yeah oh, like yeah. if you did the mirage you do you do 30 minutes of hip-hop and you can do you know edm and then house or mm-hmm. house cdm and then top 40 but back down there on the strip there's a lot of places you couldn't do that like you had to be specific and so now it's weird because as a dj i see other djs out there that are pretty young it's like you have you didn't do anything like this yeah. you, you don't know, know. <laughs> you don't know no you don't know you have no like you you didn't stick to one gun downtown or do like the open format like anything mm-hmm. kind of goes mm-hmm. only the uh tommy's haney in maple ridge there uh you couldn't do any country there that was one thing i remember they did not like mm-hmm. country because roosters was right there oh, but i remember like that. theme nights i think that's my girlfriends and i used to go to tonic on thursdays because it was throwback but yeah. it was anything went it could be mixed with house i don't remember no, but i remember yeah. loving all any, of it <laughs> anytime i was there it was always a specific thing but then mm-hmm. It depends on what year, too, because, like, there was a couple times... I think it's very trendy, though. Like, it's what's the trend right mm-hmm. now? Now it's themed. Well, super weird is throwback is considered 2000s. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's the 90s. Yeah. yeah, so someone's like, play throwback, and they threw on, like, a Britney Spears song. And yeah, I, was I was like, like you... This is wrong. No. Um, this is wrong. <laughs> I went to Library Square with my sister, um, like, a few years ago. And, yeah, there was a throwback, and it was, like... Ni- like late 90s 2000s yeah. was like I right. have to leave this place. yes this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you did the clubs which is super we have to have another conversation about that <laughs> I, how did you move into weddings and events I, I've always done them I actually did weddings before I did club I, okay. uh, I did family stuff mm-hmm. and then family has friends oh you know uncles daughters getting married can you do it yeah I'll do it and so there's years of the you know friends of friends thing right. and then for the longest time I would do about 20 or 30 a year like from from when I I was in like when I went to school, I would do I don't know twenty weddings a year, and that's all I wanted to do. And I never thought about it as like any sort of career direction. I was just like, well, no one can make money doing this full time. There's no way. It's <laughs> not as impossible as the wedding season up here. And then yeah, and then and then so I did that for five six years, and then eventually it got to like 40 events a year, mm-hmm. and you know the the corporate thing is is usually I guess better income per se, than, than club thing. Mm-hmm. And then the club thing died. Like, mm-hmm. it, it changed, at least, from 2009 on. And the, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to do corporate and wedding and do more of, a like, a, a structured thing. And then mm-hmm. that's when IDJ became a thing in, like, 2013. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how that's kind of how it went down. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
Do you like one over the other or just depends? I don't, I don't miss clubs so much, but it's not the same as it used to be. Like, yeah. It's like definitely I, different. It's mm-hmm. a way different vibe. The music's so different. different too. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've done some weddings, like a lot of young people, and I, I don't want to sound like, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to put this. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a scratchy old man. <laughs> if we're doing like, like your dad's party, yeah. you know, or like, there's just certain demographics, certain age ranges that they party because certain eras where people learn how to party a certain way. But mm-hmm. after, I'm going to say literally 2009 into the, to just after the Olympics or around the Olympic time, kids coming to school and young, and young, young people, they didn't party the same way. It was mm-hmm. just so different for the club scene. So mm-hmm. now when I'm doing specifically like a wedding event for young people, they might like, like festival music, like they go to fade in the park or uh, whatever, yeah. but it's totally different to play that kind of music than to play like the 90s throwbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like the yeah. dancing is different. It's, you know, it's to, like a feeling it, it's being on MDMA. That's yeah, what I think festivals being, are for. It's being high. Yes. Yeah. That's the dance. Yeah. It's just feeling yeah. all the Get cells the arm, of the body. Got yeah. the arm wave going yeah. on. And, and my girlfriend and I, we kind of figured this out. We have a bit of a joke is when the clubs reopen up again and you can go dancing, there's going to be a ton of TikTokers out there. Yeah. So the song is going to come on, but yeah. they're going to know it as a TikTok. So regular yeah. folks are going to dance normal to the beat and they're going to do the stupid ass dance. Yeah. And so it's going to be this, dancing is making a comeback. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. okay. I see all that stuff and I'm like, it's definitely my old age showing here, but I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah. You see, especially yeah. you see like the little kids and you're like, okay, well that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to dive into too, that's like, I guess touches on this topic too, is like this whole DJ thing specifically, like I definitely in this city is so odd to me because DJ should be able to go into a club Mm-hmm. And take a room and go, okay, I got to do hip hop sex. That's what I'm supposed to do here. Mm-hmm. And show people the hip hop that's one popular that they like, but then also be able to take them and go, yeah, this is what we're doing tonight with the hip hop, like through music. I don't see that. I don't see DJs doing that now. At least a lot of them aren't be, they're not able to do, make a set or perfect a set or structure a set and show people kind of what's up for, for music and, and what direction to take. Cause if you look at a lot of hip hop and you mm-hmm. look at certain mm-hmm. older genres of house, a lot of that was like Chicago's house DJs or mm-hmm. New York's hip hop DJs that curbed the whole uh, industry of mm-hmm. music and what people liked. And now you don't, it's definitely in Vancouver and I've noticed you don't have that. You don't see DJs out there going, well, I'm going to play this because this is what I like. And I mm-hmm. think people will like it too if I do it this way. You see TikTokers that are going to tell DJs basically what to play. And it's going to be like this robotic thing, which I find really strange. It's, yeah. it's yeah, I think, I don't know if TikTok would have been as popular if C wasn't an issue. Well, I think yeah. people are bored as shit in yes. their houses and they're like, what can I do? And they can entertain themselves and people all have phones and they mm-hmm. all have music. And so it's like, why don't I just do a little thing? And then yeah. all of a sudden mm-hmm. it becomes viral. And I'm like, I'm not sure how dancing around like nobody's watching in your yes. bathroom is a viral thing, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> That's cool too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say like, I'll do like a wedding, for example, mm-hmm. and they want to hear the, the kind of cliche stuff. Like, oh, I want to hear shout YMCA, money, money. Okay, cool. It's fine. Great. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to bang those out really quick. Yeah. everyone's gonna have fun but then we're gonna see what these people really are into like mm-hmm. maybe they're in a funk soul disco like uh, do a solid disco set and maybe that'll turn into like some you know fist pumping you know edm bangers that will go just deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into like some heavy type of house trap music if i tried to explain to a bride and groom they'd be like <laughs> no i don't think i want that kind of dj at my wedding that's so true <laughs> would you like join me on this journey we're gonna yeah. have fun <laughs> and so here's the thing right if you're a pretty experienced dj and then you do that at an event and you just show it through action you don't talk about it and mm-hmm. then people actually have a good time dancing to this stuff mm-hmm. afterwards like oh wow that was really interesting mm-hmm. like what happened there was 
was interesting. And it's, it's kind of weird because I'm finding that to be less and less the case that, that, uh, can happen or needs to happen and, or has happened rather, but it, I think it probably needs to happen. That's what DJs need to do is they need to be like, yeah, no, I, I like playing this kind of music and I know you guys like this. And so we're going to develop a relationship together. The, the audience, the dancers and, and me and, mm-hmm. and make a set and it's going to be super fun and cool. And that's how things like raves or like underground hip hop rooms, the mm-hmm. boiler room, DJ Jazzy Jeff, this is what they did. <laughs> yeah. This is what they did. <laughs> Question. Okay. So obviously, obviously couples, types that we work with they would give you a list be like i want all these songs played and i'm sure you take a little bit of it but you igj is different because you guys focus on the energy of the crowd right like you don't come in with a playlist ready to go yeah you like pick it as you go am yeah. i right yeah. i've seen it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how i think it works again the interesting thing nowadays is and i don't know how to put this in like a clean fashion but i just i love it if all the DJ companies were kind of like what they were like or are like mostly in New York because now I'm working with other companies that are all mixed DJ companies. They all know how to roll with the punches. They all know that they don't have to use the same 50 wedding songs that is normal in Vancouver and then they can take whatever playlist that a brand new gives you that might be maybe a little bit out of the ordinary, work that in Mm -hmm. and then go, okay, well, for example, like uh, just to give an example of this, if I did a wedding with, with a young couple and they liked the festival music, they wanted to hear like Odessa or, you know, some, some trap EDM music, um, they, like Chainsmokers remix, whatever. And, and their parent, and if you played that directly off of another song, the parents and the uncle and grandma might be like, what the heck is this? But if you do it as a mixed DJ, and you slowly transition it in, you kind of control the crowd and all of a sudden everyone likes it, then yeah, you can create a set doing that with what they like to hear and what grandma wants, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can't do that up here in Vancouver all the time because people are used to getting Uncle Bob with iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? At least I can do it, but I can't talk about it. I can't go to a so consultation. True. And be like, this is what I'm going to do. I got to be like, yeah, you know, I like you, you like me, and let's, let's hire me as a DJ and let's see how it goes. And yeah. then at the end of the night, for a good event, it's usually like, holy, we didn't think you would do that. That was sick. You know, how did you play mm-hmm. that stuff? Grandma was dancing. And it's not like, it's, it's one thing to see grandma dancing to like, flow riders low. You know? <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. And I like, and I have videos of that. <laughs> but it's also cool to see grandma dancing the yeah. Graham's Broccoli. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, is that what it? Because I, I, I was, we we're actually going to ask you about that. Um, looking through your website because we did a little bit of stalking beforehand. Um, <laughs> As if we don't know you, but we're like, we how does he you, market like, himself? Yeah, I would like to see kind of how you how you present yourself to the world. And you do sort of talk about being a mixed DJ, and is that kind of what that is? Is yeah. just the flexibility of changing sort of effortlessly within the songs versus being like the song has ended. <laughs> the next song begins. Cause I've been to those weddings yeah. as well where you're like, Oh dear. And I gotta say the, because I'm so used to your sets and you're like vibe when I go to D or when I go to weddings that have, it ends, it's, I don't like it. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of this weird lull. And then it's like, okay, let's wait for the next song. They might as well just put on a CD. Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a loaded question because again, specifically in Vancouver, it's like how many people, are, I'm going to call, I'm just going to say DJ DJ, but I have to use the term mixed DJ. I actually had, we had to come up with this term mixed DJ because 
when people think of DJs, they might think of Uncle Bob with, with an iTunes. And he's DJing my event. And that's totally cool. He could DJ your event and have music and there could be dead space. And maybe there's no aligning of beats or some sort of system of flow of, you know, art, artistry involved with what he's doing or mm -hmm. technicality. And all of that goes into that question of, of what a mixed DJ is. But it's also just like... You can't just play a bunch of songs, whether it's on a uh, uh, please play this song list for us or do not play list, whatever. You know, you can't just play that list of songs and then put the songs in that everyone thinks is popular, like Justin Bieber's Despacito. You got to be able to <laughs> oh you gotta mix them. And, you got to mix them as an, a DJ would mix them like a, a real DJ would mix them and then do this in a format that people you almost brainwash them to the point where it's like this is so cool the energy that's happening here <laughs> mm -hmm. they, they, pretty much you could play anything go any direction and they're just into it they're and with you the whole time the weird thing too is that not to go back to the same thing about 2009 but when the when that recession <laughs> hit and the and the drinking laws changed here and the the driving laws actually changed as well um, there was a huge change because it was weird for people to leave before 11 o'clock at night at pretty much any event and right. then all of a sudden Sky train. Yeah. something happened people would leave before 11 and that's when i did we, we did this thing called quick hitting where you basically what you got to do to keep people around is is play all the stuff they like play stuff that they don't know that they're probably going to like and then play stuff that will make them feel fresh and do it in a way that's really quick and, and aggressive so you play like a verse and a chorus of a song that they know and they love and then into a verse and chorus of a song they might not know but they're like oh this is really neat yeah and you, you, it's called quick hitting so you do that a lot and so you know jam or water or me or even hands like we we do that when we have to do it we used to i used to have to do it back in like 2011 2012 in the clubs is common but do that more for corporate events more often than not just mm -hmm. to keep people mm -hmm. around yeah and now we found we have to do it a lot earlier on at night because again, a lot of these people based on the experience of where they grew up or what kind of club scene they've been experienced by, it's like, you know, you kind of have to do it to get people into it. And it's just weird because I know other DJs that they don't know how to do that or they don't know how to mix like that. And it's yes. like, man, how do you guys even exist? You, <laughs> you know? Well, well I, I, I think there's always, there's a vendor for everyone out yes. there. And so it's always, yeah. Yeah, I guess when you, uh, like when, when, you, when you I guess when you hear a really really yeah. good DJ, you kind of hold you compare everyone else to that one really good DJ, much like a really mm -hmm. good, uh, you know, like a wedding planner, or a baker, or anything it's like true. that. Regarding to like, yeah. you, if you have one like one really good one, that is like the 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 standard. The, that's a standard. <laughs> that's where you're like anything above is amazing, but anything below is just like mm, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, we, we did have, a wedding where the DJ was part of the venue. He had to go with them. Yeah. Uh, he busted out. CDs that yeah. that's just how old school he was yeah. and that's just the way it felt but the venue also suited it so yeah. it is what it is yeah. do you do yeah. you find okay, I'm going to the off script here do you find it's actually like a like a younger person's gig versus like an older person's gig because I do find that I don't know if it's just because for of... For DJing? Yeah, DJing. Because do you ever find like... Well, like, I think like, you're saying like the younger persons don't, didn't get the experience to understand how to listen to But the do you find people. that like the like the absolute old cats, old, <laughs> older DJs come at it from like a very kind of archaic way of like busting out the CDs and like <laughs> hitting the big pause button and shit like that versus like you hear the CD yeah, changing. Yeah, right. You can literally sort of see it like happening. Do you, do you find do you find it's more of like a younger person's kind of thing or is it like regardless of how old you are if you can mix some really good stuff like it, 
you can you can make it happen. Um, I know I know what you, you you're saying. I know what you're you're getting at with that, and it's I think it's this is actually based again on where you live in the world. Uh-huh. Like if you live in the states, as specifically again the eastern side where DJs are big, Philadelphia DJs are big in, in Chicago and New York and Florida. You can be a depending on what is considered old, fifty or sixty year old, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. seventy year old, and, and be. Jimmy Savile is this old, super old DJ now. He's like seven years old. No one knows who he is. One of the, he's been, actually the first DJ ever. He really was. First guy to mix two songs together. But he could be like, let's call it hip fin. Like they, they could be called what they would consider to be hip and totally fine and, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. make it work for the demographics. But here in, Van, in Vancouver, yeah, you probably have to like – you shouldn't be busting out CDs. You should probably should have the internet and all that stuff and be a young person be, and be in tune. Be somewhat it. jacked into like the internet so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. 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 No, I just, I find it's, it working on site as much as we do, mm-hmm. it is not necessarily very, it, it is very physical. And yeah. I find that mm-hmm. there is a bit of like, um, the older you get physically, the harder it can be working the long hours, bringing in all your gear, setting it all up. So as so I was, I've never seen, a super old DJ. They're always kind of the younger, the younger kids or yeah. the, younger, more the younger folks or yeah. So yeah. I'm just, I'm, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I'm just curious to know if that, if that makes a difference. Yeah. But it, 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 it very well, well can, but the, mm-hmm. the other thing too is, and this is really hard to make people aware of this again in the city. It's, <laughs> it's so strange, but most guys I come across, cause I used to rent to DJs. I worked for a music company and we rented to DJs mm-hmm. and the company that, I worked for did not really believe in D. De- I don't know how to say it without sounding condescending towards the company, but they didn't <laughs> like DJs. They were full of musicians. They accepted me as a DJ because I was classically trained, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And they didn't understand statistically that the percentage of their rental revenue, ninety percent of it, was actually for DJ uh, going to. They didn't. They didn't get it. They had no idea that the wedding industry was as big as it was. Anyways, I don't want to venture off topic, but what I'm getting at here is whether they were an old guy or a young guy, they never really had a system that was theirs. They had, they were renting stuff or um, they were maybe buying equipment, but they never were so passionate enough to develop a system that they can go into a room, have it set up, ready to rock. And it was something they knew inside out, like the back of their hand. And it was like simple. What I find in this city is you got guys that aren't doing, really doing this full time. They don't know how to do it full time. They don't know how to uh, extend the services to be a multi uh, service platform yeah. mm-hmm. or how to just be a DJ and, and mix so that you have such a following of people that you, there's always going to be work. What they, right. what I find mm-hmm. is they're, it's a 50, 50, they usually half ass, they have to moonlight or they have to, you know, 30, this is like 30% of what they do. And so if it's 30% of what they do, then they're only putting 30% of their effort into what mm-hmm. their rig is. Mm-hmm. Weekend warrior. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But in a good example of that is like with everything that's happening right now, I've decided for like the ninth time now to redo my personal <laughs> DJ rig. And it's like one of the cool things about it, it's totally wireless. The systems, and I don't know any other DJ that has a totally wireless rig and as geeky as it sounds, I'm just, I'm already like, this is going to be so easy to set up for me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean, you know, oh, I can get to an event like within 20 minutes set up that's probably could i don't want to what i want to do is i want to make sure that things are even more easier for me to deal with at the event so Mm -hmm. i can make things more fun for the guests that's true it's such a selfish thing to think about too Mm -hmm. and you're like i'm literally doing this just for me (laughs) it just makes my job easier so that i can do my job better so that you guys have a better experience we totally do that too because people ask us if we can just press the iphone and like be in charge of the sound and it is so stressful that it's now in our contracts we don't touch sound it's it's 
you sign a document saying that Trina and Kelly yeah. do not touch sound because it is so stressful yeah. when one thing doesn't work. A million questions are coming at us and we're fucking around with this knob. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, and I think it's also because it stretches us too thin. Like in the moment yes. of hitting play, there's also nine other things happening. Mm-hmm. My job is not to hit play. My job is to make sure that everything else is good to go. So we're always like, Alloc, get a professional if you can, yes. but allocate somebody that's going to that's mm-hmm. gonna do all the music and, for you. And I'll add to that too, because these guys that do this 30% of the time or even 50 or 60% of the time, they do only do it in the summers. They're going to be just as nervous as you guys are, sadly. Mm-hmm. They yes. really are, because yeah. they're not doing this all the time. And one oh, way I've oh. dealt with this, and I've, I've told the other guys, like this whole wireless thing again is there's been many times, especially with these weddings where there's no coordinator. So you can just imagine the shit show of a wedding. <laughs> this is going to be. And I'm looking at this going, okay, I got like 20 years experience here. This isn't going to go down good unless I'm literally next to the bride or next to the wedding party before they walk in for their ceremony mm-hmm. with my music looking at them going we're going to talk right next to each other because there's nothing worse than seeing some dj behind a table at the front of the ceremony site and things aren't going right and so now he's embarrassed or or they're embarrassed and so i i'm usually actually in the background at like a ceremony because most of time i want to be wireless and next to whoever i can be now Mm -hmm. and that way things actually flow even better plus it makes more sense i don't i don't even know why a lot of venues I mean, I, I guess it, I, I can understand, but a lot of venues will set up like the DJ table at a ceremony in front of the guests, in front of them, because they're supposed to be like, I guess, the entertainment, right? At a ceremony still. <laughs> so they're like facing everybody. You're yeah. like, hey guys, what's up? Yeah, for yeah. the first five years of me doing this, when I was like like a kid, I'm like, why, why am everyone's looking at me? Like, <laughs> you just like... You are behind the, the table. You're just like hiding behind the table. Oh, yeah. And it's still a Just thing. like a hand reach up from the table underneath. You're like, play. Yes. <laughs> it makes more sense to be at the back of the room behind mm-hmm. everyone because that does two things. One, you're probably closer to wherever whoever's walking in from to, mm-hmm. in case something happens or there's a, a weird change in events that you can go and deal with without people really being too aware of what's going on. And the second thing is like, if you can't hear at the back of the room as a half deaf DJ, like I am, (laughs) chances are your guests aren't going to hear. So that's so true. Yeah. That's like simple physics, right? Yeah. So yeah, this whole thing, like, cause I've been like, when I've ran photo booths and I love running photo booths to go into other events and be like, Oh, I wonder what this DJ's like, so I can kind of compare. And and I see him set up in the middle or like in the front of like a ceremony at a wedding. I'm like, oh man, if something happens, if something goes wrong, if this wedding corner isn't experienced or they don't have one mm-hmm. and now the, the the bride's dress is caught in her shoe, who knows what's going on? He's already played the music and now yeah. it's this super awkward thing. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's, let's dive into that. So we know the term you call other wedding coordinators, not us, of course, um, <laughs> but I've heard you call the them liabilities. Yeah. I'm assuming you've worked with more bad coordinators and planners than good. Yeah. I mean, we've worked with more bad DJs than good. That's why we hire you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do you have any fun stories or thoughts or advice to our listeners why they should hire a planner? Mainly us. Yeah. I like. Well, you enjoy the weddings you do with us, right? I don't, I don't know how to funnel this in a way that's simple to put, but, oh, man. Like, <laughs> Ten words or less. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> dive in, dive in. You, got, you have to find a planner that's got experience. Like, I... I can only compare this with the DJ thing. Like if someone's like, hey, how do I find a good DJ? It's like, you better go find them through their social media. Like tell me mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have Instagram or mm-hmm. TikTok or Facebook. Like mm-hmm. if a DJ doesn't have their videos somewhere on one of those platforms, mm-hmm. then 
how how do you know how good they are? Yeah, you're gonna yeah. talk to them in person. You, really, you, someone could be the best salesperson and talk you up a storm. It doesn't mean they're a good DJ. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're compatible with them. Okay, that's fifty percent of the case right there. So to me, it's like with the coordinator. I'm guessing it's the same thing. It's like they're gonna have to have some sort of experience. Like, mm-hmm. can you see photos of them from past weddings? But yeah, I've had literally liabilities where there's fires started <laughs> at events. Oh, oh my you know? God. I mean, like, I, and I guess a good example with this, like generally speaking, is when the ceremony is happening and the coordinator is inexperienced. And so they're just as nervous as any person would be mm-hmm. with the music in their hands to get this whole ceremony off the get-go. Oh. And then they're calling the wrong shots at the wrong times. Mm-hmm. And they're telling you things like, okay, start the music. And you go to start the music and obviously nothing's ready to go. <laughs> the music. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and thank goodness, like I've got enough experience where you know I have the software where if the music starts, it's like I'm not gonna. And a lot I've seen a lot of DJs do this too. They abruptly cut the music. Yeah. Like, Why would you do that? You don't do that. Fan yeah. out. Or you, just rotate it, or just you loop, loop it. it. Yeah, you loop it. You just. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's an hour of having to wait for something to happen. If you have to loop that music a couple times and then transition into something else, at least your guests are going to be like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just so got me true. heavily breathing by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Or silence. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I've done, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a million stories, but generally speaking, I've done the the, the ceremony specific, because it usually is a ceremony thing too, where, where really weird things happen. It's the first thing in the day where big, big, important things might happen where there's many people around. And so it makes sense for whoever's in charge of coordinating, whether it's an actual coordinator <laughs> liability uh, person, liability person. Um, we, get they, organi- we have a very organized friend. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's I, great. And, 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 and so like I've had it happen where there's been literally three of them. Like one person where the bride is supposed to walk from, one person next to me, <laughs> and one person at the front, and shit doesn't happen. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, who is in charge? So I don't want to be. Adult. I don't want to be behind oh. some table. I don't want to be told where I need to be, even yeah. though I'll respectfully. It's like you got to be here, and if they're professional, or not, it's like yeah, okay, that's fine. But I want to make sure that I can go up to the wedding party and and be like, yeah, is everything cool? Yeah, everything's cool. Okay, here we go. I want to have the autonomy mm-hmm. to do that, mm-hmm. or I want to have at least the guys have that autonomy if they need to, which is way better suited if you're behind the scenes instead of being what looks like to be the center of attention DJ yes. next to the friggin' sign table. Which always sometimes you're kind of restricted or limited, I guess, with the venue yeah. as well. Because sometimes you're like there's literally nowhere else for you to sit. Yeah. Where where you have at least a line of sight. That's something that we always really try and make sure that whenever we're designing the space yeah. is that you have you know, whenever you arrive on site, we're like, we're going to put you here. Does that work for you? Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're going to have to move or letting you know, like it's a satellite spot because yeah. the, the actual reception is at a different area. So don't set up your entire kit here and That's be like, true, eh, yeah. now you got to take it all down and yeah. then move it over here. It's about trying to be like seamless a little bit as well. But yeah. also mm-hmm. the fact that you've got this, you know, this wireless setup sounds amazing. Cause then you're also mobile too. And you're not, you can kind of blend in a little bit, but you're in charge. You actually know what the frick you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you guys might've, I'm sure you've experienced this, but if you got a DJ that's got a lot of experience, they might be annoyed if they don't have enough space. I don't usually like to take that angle. It's like, this is it. This is, I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. If I got no space, Mm -hmm. I've been in some of these very unique restaurants where they've got a hundred to 300 people in there one minute and then they flip the room within 20 minutes and there's a wedding going on. And I got less than, you know, the space of like a, a laundry room in an apartment downtown <laughs> yeah. and that's fine. I know some other pro DJ that would probably lose their mind over that kind of stuff, but, and maybe you guys have seen that before when that's happened. So we are very good at um, asking the questions and determining this in the beginning, but mm-hmm. then when they get on site, we know 
because we worked with you so many times, we know what's a good expectation and what's ridiculous. So I think we're pretty good at navigating that narrow mm-hmm. path. Mm-hmm. I had a DJ once, um, he wore his belt buckle and his flap top hat as part of his uniform to present at a wedding. I'm like, great. And he had put his sign and his Instagram tags and handles and like, follow me, like, yo, DJ. It's like, you were hired to DJ a wedding with karaoke combo. Like, I don't understand why you're promoting your mix. That's not, so for me, that's the red flags. I do not like that. So you had had another experience too, where they ended up, um, where it was uh, the DJ was behind the booth and they spent more time like, Oh, on the, on the camera. She was a bit of a celebrity DJ and who had never friggin' heard of, but she should have confirmed it with the bride and groom that it was okay. So, and she didn't. So that was tough because she was filming herself like partying and DJing at her event, but she didn't okay it with the clients, which is pretty rude. Well, (laughs) but, not only that, mm-hmm. she was terrible. Oh, she was she was she was a terrible. She was, like, very she was really hungover. bad because I think yeah. she's spending more time on her own social media platform than she was doing Listening. her job. Mm-hmm. And we I love the because I mean we're on we're on social media when we're mm-hmm. on site all the time because we're like capturing behind the scenes and we love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't impede our job. Yeah, like, we it do was, our best yeah. to be like if that's why there's two of us. Mm-hmm. One of us will be taking video <laughs> and the other one's running around making sure stuff is still moving forward. Mm-hmm. So that's always I think a little bit of a tricky thing because I get also wanting to market yourself too. But she like had an up kind of like a live feed event. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I ended up leaving before. Yeah, it I was only helped with setup for this one. You told me after, and you're like, it Ugh. didn't go well. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not good. So yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. So we we're pretty good at navigating that path of mm-hmm. like, okay, you can have this space. Uh, but you can't have five tables. I remember one asked me for yeah. five tables, and I said, "What on earth? What are you using them yeah. for?" Oh I'll make goodness. sure you have a plug in an area that you're safe. But if we need to move, tell me beforehand, not after. Or sometimes we get bitching about loading in. It's like mm-hmm. I've sent multiple emails about the load in. It's nothing I can do. This is the nature of the venue. You took the job. You should have googled how mm-hmm. do I load in. Like mm-hmm. Vancouver Club's a tough one, right? Yep. It's it sucks, but yep. once you're in, you're fine, yep. and they give well, you tons of time. Again, yeah. too, like if we, I don't, I, again, I don't want to put this without sounding mean to other DJs, but it's like, <laughs> you guys, if you want to. De- DJ and you want to be good and be popular, have people book you. Mm-hmm. Why are you not focusing more time on like how your rig is? Like, what are you doing bitching about loading into mm-hmm. the back of a kitchen through some hotel downtown? You know it's going to be like that yeah. if people are going to get married downtown in the central core. You better work on your rig and how to get things into that room quicker. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you should be doing. That's yeah. probably you know? a novice DJ thing. I, I noticed we get a few complaints about that sometimes it's like it this is the nature of it yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't right. know how to tell you otherwise I'm always yeah. I'm honestly always amazed with you and there's another uh, there's another company that we work with all the time that they have the their entire kit up and all of a sudden they are able to like foop, foop, foop into like this tiny little box it's and they the roll it's the Jetson briefcase yes, and they just roll it up and they just fold it all in together and then it's just like okay it's one load out the door I'm like how did you that's amazing yes. and that's we're just, still blowing out candles we're like see <laughs> you later like, <laughs> you're like but how'd you get that gone so fast yes. we're here for another hour yeah. <laughs> so I'm always I'm always amazed by that too because I think it also shows that you take pride in your in your work as well and I think going back to what you're saying about like the weekend warrior DJs which mm-hmm. you know all the power to you if that's all you can maybe that's all maybe you can give but it really does show in your work sometimes when it's really clunky and um yeah, it just it just shows in your in your overall presentation as well. I right. think sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, unfortunately for this country, there there is a really big music shop that does really inexpensive rentals. So you're gonna get a ton of weekend warriors, and it's really hard to decipher between what is you know your your. A, like weekend gigging mm-hmm. DJs mm-hmm. and then like I'm going to call them a mid-stage pro because I and I'll say I'll be the first to say it I don't really see any real 
real good DJ companies in Vancouver still. I'll say it. I just don't. <laughs> There's just not. I need to see a team. They all need to mix. And I, I'm not going to say mine either because <laughs> who am I to say that? But I just, I need to see a team of DJs. They all mix. They're all fairly congruent, consistent, and what they look like, how they load in. Well, not what they look like, but with their, their, uh, their presentation. I think it's more presentation, not yeah, which presentation. we did. It's, we're going to touch on because we've had unprofe- like unprofessional people walk in, and yes. then I've seen you in like proper dress attire. And right. I don't know how important that is, but I did not know I need to email DJs and say, you need to come in wedding yeah. appropriate attire. Retire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because it's an actual issue. We, we came up, like two years ago, it was a problem. I kept having to email DJs and say, you yeah, cannot like, show up in your jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or look like a fuck boy. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. Like, seriously, yeah. like wear yeah. a nice pair of you know dress pants, wear a nice yeah. dress shirt. Like, I know you're going to be working, you're going to get hot, it's fine. Mm. But you still need to look professional. Brush your hair. <laughs> have a shower. Like, I don't know why I have to tell you this. <laughs> this <laughs> like, is not a club. It's a fucking wedding. It's a wedding. All those things like that. It's presentation. Like take pride mm-hmm. in what you do, even if you only do it thirty percent of the time. Like it yeah. does make such yeah. a huge difference. So to close your time. opinion or your, uh, your what you were saying is yes, mm-hmm. look presentable. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. look presentable. Yeah. And, and for like again, a co- the companies because I know a lot of these guys own companies, and what they're doing is they're farming. They're farming out other guys. Mm-hmm. I don't want, like, IDJ is not a farm of DJs. They're all guys that I've talked to. We've mixed together. We've had mm-hmm. fun mixing. And they, a lot of the, for a lot of the point, uh, most of them have been trained by me, with the exception of DJ Hans, who's literally from New York. <laughs> <laughs> he's a New York DJ. I don't uh, know if we've ever met. No, but you're like him. He's, he's great. We've he's worked nice. with all your guys. All of them I accept. think we were supposed to work with Hans at one point. Right. And something happened. But... Yeah, I mean, where you took over. I, I, I yeah. think it was with COVID. I think that's the reason. But, uh, but that's, that's what I see. A lot <laughs> but of you're like, you're a union. You guys are like, you're a, mm-hmm. you're a team. Yeah. And, you're and a team. And I think that's important. I've mm-hmm. seen, I've had other DJ companies come to me and they're like, well, how do you keep the guys together? Because they're going to lose their guys if they don't, A, pay them well enough or right. B, mm-hmm. like, have some sort of incentive to offer them. But when you have like a, bro- we have like a brotherhood. We all watch each other's backs and we have redundancies. And like, I know one thing with a lot of DJs, they don't, they're not a geek like me. So the audio <laughs> end of things, <laughs> they, don't have, they don't know how to make the rigs wireless, right? Like that yeah. crap. But if I do, it's like, okay, well you go do you and then I'll give you this so that you can go do you. And then that way it's like a double win. Mm-hmm. And so they like that because they're backed up, right? So that that's a synergistic thing and how a company should be. Right? I enjoyed, you sent me a text once and you were like, I need you to print out the timeline for Wada because he does not have a printer. And yeah. I said, that's fine. But at least you're looking out for him and you knew I'd print him one. Oh, yeah. So he got it there, yeah. but he was fun. He was yeah. super fun to work with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's really sweet. Yeah, And, and so you know, sweet. one thing I should say too is like definitely with experienced DJs because there are some very experienced, very good DJs in Vancouver still. And this is one thing that you, I guess you wouldn't have to, this is crazy to say, but a lot of the real experienced DJs, they almost don't need a timeline if they've been doing it long. I'm not saying don't give them one and I'm not saying mm-hmm. they shouldn't have one, but they can definitely do an event and not have their own like music timeline to mm-hmm. give. They can, yeah. they know the seven to 10 songs they need to have yeah. for a wedding. Yes. Mm-hmm. That sort of timeline for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, we try so, to give you a high level version. It's yeah. like, a, <laughs> like, this is when people are showing up. This yes. is the ceremony. Yeah. yeah. This Usually you come to up to this. us, yeah, and you're yeah. like, "What's happening?" Okay, yeah. okay, this time, this time, this time. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's great with you guys. Like, yeah. I actually come in. It's like a treat. Ask you guys, like, "Oh my gosh, I don't have to think today." No, <laughs> yeah. amazing. We've yeah. done all the thinking for you. I mean, do you do a little bit more homework when we are not present at your events? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, like I know a don't lot. like homework. <laughs> and, and, but I do want to say, like, I know a lot of amazing DJs in Vancouver, and they're mixed guys. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're not part of some big core group collective, or mm-hmm. a bunch of them in a company that would probably make them look, you know, more grand. They're usually quiet guys that are mm-hmm. really good mixed DJs that do a wicked job, but they're kind of their own thing, and they mm-hmm. don't. You know, whether they don't know much about how to promote themselves or business, whatever it may be, it's like these guys are good, but they, they're the kind of guys that don't really need that format. And then you got all the other DJ companies that form out, and they usually need that format. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh man, this is what we're com- competing with. Yes. No. So, well, we are going to wrap it up, but um, question is do you have a crazy story that you want to share and end? And it can be funny, it could be outrageous. It's like one that's like still all, will always forever be in your memory. <laughs> oh man! Well, that the the Lambo World story was pretty crazy. That is that's pretty nuts. nuts. That's, that's nuts. crazy. That's crazy. I, we didn't know that story, and we've known you for a few years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've, I've had a lot of things happen. Like I've I've had crazy bridesmaids jump me. Like, really. <laughs> There's this one. Um, I'm not going to name names to anything, but there was this, this one golf course I was at and I, there was like a phone booth at this golf course. I don't know why they have a phone booth, but <laughs> I was attacked once and thrown, I did nothing happen. Okay. I'm just, just, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good boy, <laughs> but I was attacked full out and almost stripped down in my fancy shiny Le Chateau suit at the time. Shiny suits were a thing. And, and yeah, and that, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> People can do that. Actually, okay, I got, I got one more good story. I'll wrap it really quickly. When I was doing club, okay, and, you know, you gotta understand you do club, you see nakedness, you see drugs, you see everything. You see fights. Sometimes you could be in a fight. You don't want to be. It's, you know, and a lot of DJs I know that are from that era, they... They're in a rough spot, and I. You well, you know, can't go anywhere because you're just stuck you're playing stuck music down. all yeah. the time. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't get into any of that stuff. Like the only thing I've ever stuck up my nose, like I always say, is my finger. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this one time at this club where this this uh, it, it was a strip club. I was doing a strip club. Um, I mean, I, I there's I dancers. A, I had a dancer, and and she needed to go to the bathroom for whatever reason. She needed me to go with her. She was a really nice girl. She's never been weird. And I was like, why do I need to go to the bathroom with you? She's like, I just I need help. <laughs> Oh, okay, so I went in there. We got, left the set going, like full on set on like a Saturday night, in and you know there's people dancing and there's dancers as well. Like there's people dancing, partying, and mm-hmm. there's strippers mm-hmm. that would come on, which was weird at the time. Anyways, <laughs> I went to the bathroom with her, and she just decided for whatever reason, take me to the bathroom, hold my hand, go to the bathroom, <laughs> and not number one. No. And the only thing I remember of this is she left. She put the faucet on. She so put the sink on. Oh my god! For the sound, so for sound, it's like white noise. So she's, so she's blocking the sound, but you're still so you're there. holding your hand. Yeah, I was twenty years old, and so <laughs> and I'm you're like, like, how are you holding your hand? Like, is the door? I have so many questions about logistics. Yeah. Is the door open the whole time, or is yeah. it like closed with your hand just like to the crack? I mean, is it underneath? I was in the bathroom with her. <laughs> oh my god! It was you're like, in the stall with her. You're in the stall with her. Uh, it wasn't like a bathroom. There was like ten stalls. This would be like a bathroom. There was one stall. Uh, yeah. Room. Right. And and yeah, so she locked the door, turned the faucet on, started doing her thing and just having a conversation with me. Like nothing was going on. I mean, you know? she stripped for a living, so yeah, she, she was, was comfortable. She was, she was and then yeah. and then you're like, I don't know if we So can... que- follow up question. Did you continue DJing at that club and then did you 
continue oh, a, a friendship, friendship with her? Did, did or you wash your hands? Like, nope, bathroom to yourself. No. Nope. Oh, yeah. No, that was it for the bathroom trips. That was it. That, yeah. that was... No Avalo Inglis. I do not. Oh my the weirdest thing, though, like I said, was the faucet thing. Because forever I was like, why did she turn it? And then I realized, I'm like, oh, this is what she does when she goes to the bathroom. She just... It's like routine. She turns the faucet on so no one can hear her. She just does it everywhere. Aww. It took me like years to figure that out. Uh, They're I, like just as I could see a twenty-year-old just not wanting to be rude and like you're at your job. I, I get yeah. it. And then you're just like, what is happening? I felt like a dumb dumb. I'm like, oh my god, what? I, I can't believe I got roped into this. Uh, yeah. I thought she legitimately needed my help. But... Yeah, she was obviously high, right? Yeah, like, yeah. She was on I mean, oh, like, yes. <sighs> I don't know. Anyways, so I've she seen needed, some good stuff. Yeah. Her emotional support. I was emotional Poppy. support. Yes. Yeah. yeah you know, little, I was the nice DJ. Yeah. was the other three DJs that worked there the other nights. They were all mean. And okay. I was a nice guy. The only thing I wouldn't do, and I told them, like, they want me to, like, clean poles. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not cleaning the pole. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I'm no, a no, DJ. No. Yeah. It makes music yeah. <laughs> in no, no, my no. space. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's yeah. it. That's the strangest. Well, so the funny story uh, that we have of you guys is that. Kelly, you tell it better. Marina and Winston's when JM was DJing. Oh, we got we got yes. approached. Okay, so we were at uh, we were at this particular venue. I will not name the name, and uh, we were actually uh, on our break. And one of the uh, the banquet captain came up to us and was like, uh, "Your DJ, you need to speak with him right now because he's like talking to the server." No, he asked. So the he server asked one of the ser- that's what it was. He asked one of the servers out, and we're like. What? But That's we know weird. him, so we're well, like, what, we know what's him. she doing over there? Get get away from well, him. Well, I know. I'm like, first of all, he's he's stuck in a corner. He can't go anywhere, so she would have had to walk up to him mm-hmm. to talk to him. So anyway, so we're like, no problem, no worries. Um, You know what? We'll go speak with his boss because he's here as well. So <laughs> you were the- I walked up to you, and you're at the DJ booth, and I was like, can you please go talk to your son? He's talking to staff. But your was response like, was the best. You're like, how else are we supposed to meet people? <laughs> It was awesome. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know why he's getting in trouble. This is weird. I was like, I'm going to let you do And I'm sure yeah. he went over him, went over and talked to him and was like, hey, how's it going? Like, I don't even think you addressed it with him after. It was like, yeah. this, is such a weird, this is such a weird thing to have to worry about in any way, shape, or form. But, like, I will do my due diligence. Please don't talk to the staff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kelly and I, it was funny. We came to his defense. We're like, get, get away from him. I know. We're like, why are you? Shouldn't you be clearing plates and yes, like i don't yeah. understand why like he's the table was so far from the dj booth she had to approach him there was no other there way. was no other way i know yeah. it was a little bizarre so yeah, i was like yeah sure we'll go. i remember having a good chuckle over that I it think. made right? laugh yeah, right. yeah. i was like I was okay like, yeah. go, talk to, your, go talk to your yeah. son <laughs> your response was good <laughs> yeah the things we get told to do and like you know i have other story we can, we can go on for hours it's a whole other podcast yeah well thanks so much for your time and helping us get this together uh until next time we'll have another episode for you guys until then take care bye bye hey there thanks for listening to another episode of the wedding session remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes want to connect with us hit us up on instagram at the wedding session We're people first and planners second, and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us.